This is the Digital Agency Insiders Podcast. Inside, you'll learn how to build, grow, and scale your digital marketing agency all from the comfort of your favorite coffee shop. Let's get started with the show. Hey, everybody, and welcome again to another episode of Digital Agency Insiders Podcast, the podcast that gives you a little inside look into how entrepreneurs have built and grown their digital marketing agencies. I am Tabitha Thomas, your host, and if this is your first time listening, can I just encourage you to go and hit that subscribe button because we release new episodes each and every Tuesday with a new entrepreneur. So let's jump into today's episode. Today, we've got Michael Reynolds, who is the president, CEO, and co-founder of Zephyr. A tech entre- as a tech entrepreneur, Michael started his career by founding a digital agency in 1996 in the age of painstakingly hard coding websites with PHP and animated GIFs. He grew that agency to seven-figure business while founding, founding a number of other companies, including Zephyr. He has been an industry speaker for a number of major events, including twice at Inbound, where he was a encore presenter. After selling his agency in 2018, he and his team now focus on making Zephyr the CMS of choice for agencies who want to quickly deploy small business websites quickly and profitably. He speaks to agency owners every day to help them up-level their website process and to deliver Zephyr Mantra, Stop Overthinking Websites. Michael, welcome to the show. Thanks, Tabitha. It's great to be here. Yeah, super excited to have you. So if you've ever listened to the podcast at all, one of the first things that I absolutely adore asking people is what their their path to become an entrepreneur look like, because everybody's path is so drastically different. I love hearing that that story. Did you always want to be an entrepreneur, a business owner? Or is that something that just kind of gradually happened along the way? No, I originally wanted to be an architect. Okay. And so I went to Ball State University for architecture school because it's one of the top in the nation. And I was so excited. I was like, oh, great. I'm going to be an architect. I have two uncles that are architects. And so I was like, it looked really glamorous to me growing up to be an architect. And so I, I got to, I got in the program, spent a semester in it and hated it with a passion. I was like, well, I hate drawing. So this is kind of a problem. <laughs> Thank goodness so, uh, you learned that in year one, right? So I learned that in year one, which was awesome. So I, I figured that out and then I was like, okay, well, crap, what am I going to do now? And I've always uh, um, loved uh, music. So I, I thankfully had a double major in cello performance. So I played the cello. I have a degree in cello performance, but at the same time, wow. I was also like, well, that's not really a, a very uh, practical degree for most people. And some <laughs> people obviously make a living playing the cello, but I was yeah. not under the illusion that I was going to be one of them. And so I was like, well, I need another major so I can make some money. And around the same time, um, it was about the, the age when the internet started to become a thing. Uh, mm-hmm. HTML was, was out and people were making websites. And uh, I joke in my bio about the animated GIFs. And I, I literally had the animated GIFs on the first website I made. So that was uh, kind of a rite of passage in the 90s. And uh, so I learned, taught myself HTML with some books. Uh, a friend and I kind of got together and said, hey, we're getting pretty good at making websites. What if we charged money to do this for other people? And so we did. We put some uh, some paper flyers around campus, of all things. And our first- Oh, so this was project, still back in college. Wow, this was okay. in college, yes. I was in college. And uh, my our first project, our first client was a professor, university professor, and he wanted us to put his class online, like his class syllabus and information. So that was our first client. We grew from there, uh, kept putting money back in the business, uh, and over the next two decades, uh, kept growing the agency. Um, and my partner left about halfway through to to kind of go get a real job, as he put it. <laughs> it was a it was an, um, a friendly parting of ways. He just kind of yeah. wasn't cut out to be an entrepreneur. So then I was the sole owner 
um, after that and grew the agency and had lots of kind of twists and turns along the way, but uh, learned a ton in those two decades and then eventually sold the agency in 2018. That's incredible. That's incredible. So tell us a little bit about how Zephyr came to be and what Zephyr does for agencies. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I founded Zephyr inside the agency when uh, when I still owned it. So the agency was called SpinWeb. So I, I started the company um, in college and named it SpinWeb just because we built websites and why not? Um, and so, you know, like I said, lots of twists and turns along the way. We can kind of unpack some of that if you want to, but kind sure. of moving on to when I was about ready to sell the agency, um, we were not terribly satisfied with any of the CMS options out there. You know, WordPress is obviously the leader, but I personally hate WordPress. It's, it's, clung, it's become clunky. It's got a thousand, you know, different ways to hack it. It's got a bunch of plugins that you have to maintain and worry about. And there are plenty of WordPress zealots out there that hate me right now for saying all this, but you know, uh, it's just not for me. Like plenty, uh -huh. I'm finding more and more people not into it. And then there's cloud CMSs out there. None of them really did exactly what we wanted. So we had some development talent in house and we got together and said, well, why don't we, why don't we build a CMS of our own and see what happens? And, you know, many people have tried that. Many people have failed. Um, somehow we got one delivered out the door and launched it into its own company. And, it became its own entity. It became a standalone uh, business uh, delivering this cloud CMS platform. I then sold the agency and we've been growing Zephyr ever since. And it's really been interesting to be kind of on the, uh, the software side of things now, because as an agency, you know, we built websites on platforms mm -hmm. and that was, that was one thing. Now we're able to kind of be on the software side of it, creating tools that empower agencies. And so it's been a lot of fun to be on the side of empowering agencies now um, through Zephyr and through software. Yeah. So how do how does Zephyr differ from WordPress? Like I'm sure there's drastic differences between the two, but can you compare the two for me? There's a couple of comparisons to kind of dice out. One is the difference between open source and cloud. So open source is, you know, like WordPress or Joomla, platforms like that. They're open source, mm -hmm. they're, uh, the price tag is free, although the cost of ownership is not necessarily free, but the price tag is free. Um, you can hack up the code all you want, you can do whatever you want. And there's no real um, one central entity. It's basically just kind of installed on servers and it's very customizable. Mm-hmm managed cloud platforms are kind of a different um, genre of CMS. You know, you've got HubSpot CMS, you've got Wix, Weebly, Squarespace, you've mm -hmm. got uh, other platforms out there. Um, that's the fully managed model, which is um, different in that you have usually one company kind of mm -hmm. controlling the delivery and the maintenance and the security and just the complete start to finish life cycle of that uh, CMS platform. So Zephyr is a cloud CMS. So okay. we differ in that we are cloud. So we're more similar to a HubSpot CMS or a Wix or a Weebly or a Squarespace. But we feel like we kind of fit a need in there where we're beyond like a Wix or a Squarespace because we're not a DIY platform. We're agency only. We only license to agencies who then deliver it to their clients. But we're oh, okay. also not $300 a month like HubSpot CMS. Uh, we're a fraction of the cost. <laughs> gotcha. And you don't have all the overhead and the stuff that comes with HubSpot, which is great for big stuff. Yeah. But Zephyr is really great for your average small agency that really and not overthink it and do it really, really profitably and make their clients really happy without 
a super high price tag or a bunch of extra stuff or messing with the customization of WordPress. Mm -hmm. They want something, they want to focus on the business aspect of it. Gotcha. Gotcha. So what is one thing that you wish agency owners knew about building websites, whether that be through you or from someone else, maybe they're doing it on WordPress. (laughs) (laughs) You said it in the bio, but that's kind of like, that is the drum that I bang over and over when it comes to agencies is stop overthinking websites. So, so how do they overthink it? Let's, let's narrow that down just a little bit. Yeah. I'll answer that in two parts. First of all, I would love to see more agencies really lean into getting good at websites. So many agencies I see, they focus on the marketing stuff because it's fun and shiny. Like, hey, Mm -hmm. let's manage social media and SEO and content marketing and all the fun stuff. The problem is it's really difficult for that stuff to be profitable. And you have to work really hard to maintain the client relationship. You're working really hard. Your margins are slim. Keeping clients happy is very difficult. It's it's necessary work, Mm -hmm. but it's you're working really hard for, for less profit. When it comes to websites, I mean, it's a very tangible product. Um, clients understand what they're getting. They're usually less likely to argue with you about stuff about, hey, am I getting what I'm paying for? It's like, hey, a website is something we need. It's something tangible. They can see it. Yeah. yeah, they can see it. They, it's not this ephemeral marketing stuff out there like pixie dust. So websites are easier to sell, in my opinion. They're easier mm-hmm. to make clients happy with, and they can be more profitable because you can have a consistent delivery process that you can charge a good amount of money and deliver them really efficiently and make a good margin. So I wish more agencies would kind of lean into getting really good at websites. At the same time, the second part of my answer is, you know, to answer your question of how do they overthink it? Mm -hmm. Um, So many agencies feel like a website has to be this work of art, the most beautiful design ever, the most edgy, cutting edge, you know, stylistic new thing. Uh, with all sorts of fancy effects and things and, you know, really, really, you know, overthinking the integrations and the customizations and really, Mm -hmm. yeah, if you're working with a big, huge company that has lots of integration needs, like, yeah, you're going to need that. But for most small businesses, they want something that looks great, something they can manage, something that's fast and user-friendly and mobile-ready, and they want it yesterday. Mm. And they don't care as much that it's the most unique awesome, gorgeous design. They just want it to look better than their website they built 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And they want it to get them business by being ready for marketing activities. And so if you deliver that, you can make a lot of small businesses really happy. Yeah. So what are some of the, you, you cater to agencies. So what are some of the agency clients that they're building websites for? Are these, you know, your small businesses like chiropractor, dentists, uh, mm-hmm. those kind of things, or is there other, other businesses yeah. they're going after? So we do have um, some custom Zephyr sites built on, you know, like banks and credit unions use Zephyr, hospitals. There's lots of big companies that do use Zephyr. But what we found is there's a really good sweet spot. And just like you mentioned, the local dentist, um, the chiropractor, um, the pediatrician, the attorney, the, the law firm, the accounting firm, mm-hmm. uh, the local nonprofit, um, event venues, uh, small manufacturers, like that kind of small business is a really, really good fit for this kind of model and for Zephyr specifically. Gotcha. So what does the pricing structure look like? Obviously, I'm assuming you're white labeling this where agencies can use this as their own thing. What are you charging them? And then what are most agencies charging for those websites? Yeah, so it's not necessarily a white label. It's more of a partner label. So everyone knows about Zephyr. So the the end user using Zephyr, they log in, they see the Zephyr logo. But a regular business cannot get a website 
on Zephyr without working with an agency because our philosophy is for a small business to be successful on the web, they should be working with an agency. Mm -hmm. They should get that kind of professional help. And so we, we really support our agencies with that clean channel. I noticed that um, you on your website, you've got a lot of partners that you have listed on there where people can actually yeah. go to those agencies. So I love yeah. that. Yeah. So pricing, we charge uh, $25 a month for a license to the agency, and then they can charge whatever they want to, to the client. And nice. usually they mark it up to like 50 bucks a month, a hundred dollars a month. Uh, they roll it into a retainer for more of a management service or a, a maintenance agreement. So uh, it's pretty, like I said, it's a fraction of the cost of HubSpot CMS <laughs> and a lot of the same features, if not certain features that are not even available in other, other platforms. Gotcha. So is it a pre-templated type website? Like you just, you choose this one and plug all the information in or how does the, how does the design work go? You can do both. Uh, we have okay. three paths. Um, we are not just a cloud CMS. We're also kind of a, a dev shop you can plug in. Okay. So there's three paths. One path is you can order a license and build your site from scratch, which is fine if you have development talent in-house and you know designers, you can do that. Um, path two is you can get a theme. So we have a set of themes you can basically launch on Zephyr and then customize. And I've launched theme sites in like an hour and a half before from start to launch. And they're, they're super quick, they're gorgeous, make it really easy. Third path is if you wanna give us a Photoshop file, we will build the Photoshop file out and then hand it back to you as a framework that you then build out. So whatever way you build sites as an agency, we plug in to support that. Nice. So you, you've, we talked about this before we even started this podcast, but is there any advice that you would give anybody if they are you know, just starting out as an entrepreneur, starting their own business, uh, is there any advice that you would give them? If you had to start over, what would you do? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that's really timely. I was kind of mentioning before we started, I, I actually posted a, um, an article about this, about kind of 10 things I would tell agency owners that are starting now, if I had to do it all over again. Um, I've already kind of mentioned getting really good at websites, but another one would be, uh, keep it simple. Um, so many agencies I see, they really complicate things. They think they have to um, come up with this most, you know, complex, you know, advanced pricing kind of thing or, or delivering service or just, they kind of make a lot of things complex when they don't need to be. So I have mm -hmm. an extreme bias towards simplicity and the simpler you make your business, um, the easier it is to run. Usually the more profitable it is, the easier it is to sell and just generally the more fun it is to run. So uh, I've got a really strong bias towards simplicity. Um, something else, wait to hire people until you absolutely have to. Uh, if you're a younger agency and you're growing, um, it's, it's tempting to kind of hire people um, quickly to kind of get a lot of the work you know, figured out. But I'm a big fan of doing as much as possible without hiring people and waiting until it's absolutely necessary because the minute you add that overhead, you've got to, you've got to feed the beast. You've got to, <laughs> you've got to mm -hmm. make payroll and you've got to feed that cash flow. So it's really, uh, so is there a moment that you can be like pinpoint, like that's the moment that you need to hire somebody? What's the, you know, is there a tipping point? Everyone's looking for that magic moment. Oh, I know they are. <laughs> um, but to me, the magic moment is when you can't possibly do any more work yourself. Like you're just maxed out and you can't take it anymore. Like that's the moment. <laughs> There's no more hours in the day. You There's no more hours in the day. Yeah. And, and you can get by with contractors for a long time. There's plenty of companies that you can outsource, you know, work to here and there and kind of get by for ad hoc project work without hiring someone you've got to commit to. So I like that approach as you're kind of mm -hmm. migrating to that. Um, also, I would say, don't be afraid to be selective about your clients. Um, there are so many times I see, and I've made this mistake a ton in the past when 
you want to just say yes to to the money you you get a client and you want to say yes to that revenue but in your gut you know that they're disrespectful they're abusive they don't you know treat you well um and that just usually leads to a really toxic relationship and usually ends up losing money anyway so mm -hmm. i i would i just kind of encourage agencies that for every client you turn away that you know is not a good fit there's another client that's out there waiting for you that's the perfect client for you and you got to have the i guess the faith to to look for those perfect clients and not be afraid to turn away the ones that they're not good yeah so um, do you ever i know you owned an agency before that you've sold so did you always have a process to find out who those good clients are or who the bad clients are before you were actually working with them or was this more of i've started working with them i'm seeing some tendencies of some a wholeness <laughs> to put it in a to put it lightly and then do you have to fire those clients or what did that look like in your agency yeah. was it a mix of both it's a little bit of both but to me it's more of an art than a science like the science part can be yeah they fit these criteria these gotcha. particular aspects of their business but more than that i think it's cultural fit and mm. that gut feeling like you you just know when a client is just gonna treat you badly you just we mm -hmm. all know i mean we might pretend but deep down we can tell and so and it's always afterwards oh i, I should have known yeah, that I, we I, always <laughs> look back yeah, yeah. We always know that. so yeah so i say trust your gut when it comes to to a client um from a marketing standpoint i would say get really really good at public speaking um there are there are very few marketing tactics that are as effective as public speaking to, to do lead generation when i look back at the vast majority of great clients we got um, most of them came from public speaking, either in a, in person, at a conference, which obviously are on hold right now, but at a conference or in a webinar format, both are great. Mm -hmm. So as an agency owner, I think it's really, really important for you to get super good at public speaking. And I mean, good, I just mean like confident, comfortable, comfortable over yeah. and over. building a handful of great presentations that are super educational that set you up as an expert in your marketing area. And if you get really good at that and deliver those consistently over and over to bigger and bigger crowds and audiences, even virtual, um, that is one of the best lead generation tools out there. And you can, you can amplify those webinar registrations with paid social and really gain a big audience. That works really well. So public speaking, both in person and virtual, I think is the number one tactic for, for generating leads. And so when it comes to getting good and comfortable with that, what, what's your tip? Is it just do it? I mean, is that, that, that's the thing? Yeah, there's a, um, I think there's a book out there I read a long time ago called uh, The Art of Public Speak or Confessions of a Public Speaker. Okay. That was one of my favorite books for getting comfortable with it. So that plus just doing it over and over was the best uh, route for me. Um, I just started with, you know, a handful of in-person workshops at my office, you know, 20 mm. people showed up, maybe 10 people showed up and it was like, hey, here's how to do Facebook. Here's how to do something. Here's how to blog, you know, just basic stuff. Yeah. And they were okay. They weren't awesome. <laughs> but the more I spoke, the more I learned, okay, this is what audiences respond to. This is what feels comfortable to me. Here's how to build my presentations to make them better. And after, you know, a number of iterations, I just got really comfortable with it. That's good tips. Very good tip. Yeah. So you've got a lot of, of plates that you're juggling around right now. Did I interrupt you? You got more on that? I have more, but I want to hear your questions too. No, so go for no, it. <laughs> let's, let's finish that thought. Thought uh, I thought we paused there. Sorry. Go ahead. So, uh, so if we're still on the path of, of advice for new agencies or, or doing it all over again, um, one simple one is don't borrow money. 
Um, don't go in debt. Um, debt will, will drag your agency down and you'll always regret it, in my opinion. So I say don't borrow money. Um, at the same time, keep two or three months of expenses in the bank at all times. You're going to be thankful you have that when, uh, when times like now hit. Um, <laughs> there will be a time when you have to use it. So keep that money in the bank and use it for a rainy day. And then I would say um, also, you know, create systems and processes. I think we all know that. But this one, I think this one's really important. And that's pay yourself what you're worth. Um, I made this mistake, you know, many years ago. And I'm glad I kind of overcame this. But one of the, the things I see agency owners do a lot is they don't pay themselves what they're worth. They say, well, you know what? I'm reinvesting in the business. My business is my, my investment or my retirement plan. And you know, I'm going to pay my employees, but I'm going I'm to just kind of take a, a lower salary and not pay myself a whole lot because I'm, I'm investing in the future. Mm -hmm. And a couple of things happen when you do that. One is you never get around to not investing in the future. It just never, never happens. You just keep saying, well, I've got one more thing to pay for before I can pay myself. And you never quite get around to paying yourself what you should be making. And then two, you, you're always shortchanging yourself mentally. When you pay yourself what you're worth, you carry yourself differently. Uh, you act differently. You are in client meetings different. You speak to clients differently. You have the confidence that you didn't have before. So I think one of the most important things agency owners can do is to, to pay themselves what they're worth. And one guideline is, uh, that I think we're probably familiar with, is for every million you make in your agency, for every million revenue, you want to pay yourself 150. So if you're making, you know, half a million dollars in revenue, you want to pay yourself at least 75,000 a year. Mm -hmm. um, that's a guideline. It's, I mean, you know, it's obviously a personal choice, but you want to think about if I fired myself today and I hired a CEO to run my company, what would I have to pay them? Mm -hmm. And when it comes time to sell your agency, if you do that, then you're in a really good spot because then you literally have the right numbers in place for what it really takes to run your agency. At the same time, you're also, um, you're treating yourself as a true line item um, like anything else. And again, that makes it easier to step away, to hire someone to replace you, to, to make sure that you're making the right income and have that mental confidence to know that, hey, I'm the CEO and I'm worth this. And that makes it a lot easier to turn down the wrong clients, uh, to make good decisions, to carry yourself you know, properly in sales meetings, to have the confidence to, to be on par with your client. And just so many good things happen from a, a mental and an energetic standpoint when you pay yourself what you should be making. That is some really good advice that I've not heard anybody say yet. And I couldn't agree with it more. And, and, and you can build it up as you, like you said, the more money you make, the more raises you get and the, the easier things are at home yeah. as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not just lower at stress. work. Yeah. yeah. It's lower stress at home too. Yeah. So that's some, some great. And I'm sure there's lots of agency owners that, that probably struggle with that a lot. So that's some, some great advice. So you've got a, a lot of different companies, a lot of different plates on your out there right now that you're working on. So um, is there one that you're more passionate about or is there a passion project that you're working on or is everything kind of just a job to you right now? <laughs> Definitely not a job. I, uh, Good. So one thing that um, I've had kind of a shift in the journey. So going back to kind of the entrepreneurial journey, I think this might resonate with some as well. For so long, and I think a lot of business owners do this, for so long, I treated my business like an extension of my identity. I kind of thought, well, my business is me. It's my brand. It's kind of the same thing. It's, it's all wrapped up in me. It's like kind of part of my soul. It was really like that tight. And I think all of us do this at some point. And when I was in that position, I would find that 
you know, every time a client rejected me and, and said no to a sale, I took it personally. Every time, mm. you know, something went wrong in the company, it was like, it just ate away at me because it was my identity. Whenever my company got criticism, I took it, you know, super personally. It was just, it was so wrapped up in my identity. Um, and then when I decided I was going to sell my agency, I was like, you know what, I can't think this way anymore because I'm about to sell this thing. So I've got to think about it differently. And so during that process, it was a really good eye-opening experience because now what I think of is I am me, I'm a person, but I have businesses that are assets mm -hmm. that need to be nurtured, need to be managed and grown. And, you know, they're, they're like an investment and I love them. You know, I love my, I love Zephyr and I have other businesses as well. And I love Zephyr and I, I love growing it, but it's no longer part of my identity. It's an asset that I am putting energy into because I love it. And it's an investment that's growing. And that boundary is super healthy. And mm -hmm. so one thing I would encourage agency owners to think about is the more you can think about your business as an asset that you are managing as opposed to part of your identity, the better it's going to perform and the healthier your relationship is going to be with it. And those boundaries are going to do a lot for your mental health and the health of the business as well. Oh, gosh, yes. Gosh, yes. So you said that you've sold the agency. Is that something that when you started it, you always knew that you wanted to do is sell it eventually? Or is that something that just kind of happened over time? No, it was a big surprise to me. Honestly, I, I thought SpinWeb was, you know, my thing for life. I was like, yeah, I love this agency. Like, this is what I do. I can't imagine anything else. Yeah. Um, and I think for the past few years before I sold it, I just kind of got a little bit burned out. Um, it was one of those things where I kind of wished I could go back and start all over, but there was so much legacy stuff that I just mm -hmm. kind of felt like I didn't have um, the energy to turn around. Um, it was doing fine. I mean, it was making money. It was okay. We had ups and downs years and, you know, the last couple of years had some, uh, um, some down years. So that kind of added to my stress as well. But, uh, you know, we lasted for 23 years before I sold it and had a team of, um, you know, eight people at the time. And so, um, yeah, it was, it was doing about um, one, 1 1.3 million ish. Um, so it's a pretty good, solid, small agency, nothing wrong with it. You know, could have had a bright future if I, if I really wanted to grow it, but I just wanted to do other things. I wanted to get into technology and software, uh, hence Zephyr. You know, I, I wanted to get into other other types of businesses. And so um, I just kind of started thinking, well, what if, you know, I never thought about this before, but what if I, what if I did sell it? You know, what does that look like? And I kind of had to talk myself into it. And then around the same time, I you know, already had a relationship with another agency owner that I, you know, respect and we, we were friends and you know, it kind of worked out timing wise that they were looking for acquisitions and everything worked out really well to make it happen. And I just kind of took a leap of faith and it worked out great for everybody. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So we mentioned that you've got a lot of plates in the air and you're doing a lot of things with a lot of different companies. So when you feel overwhelmed, cause that's going to happen, you're going to have down years and things are going to happen. You're going to feel overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. How do you, how do you reset yourself or how do you relax from all that and, and bounce back good? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a tough one. I don't think I have a great answer yet. I don't think I have the the solution. Uh, if anybody has the solution, then definitely let me know. <laughs> one thing that really helps me is I, I kind of lean into the suck, if that makes any sense. So, so a lot of people mm -hmm. say, well, if it's, if things are sucking right now, if like business is bad or whatever, and you know, something went wrong, or you just have this, this real big speed bumper obstacle that you've got to find ways to motivate yourself and turn it around. And that works for some people. 
-hmm. For me personally, I just say, you know what, I'm going to let myself just kind of go down the dark path and say, wow, this is really terrible. Like, I feel awful about this. Um, Gosh, I mean, this, these things could happen that's even worse. Like this could lead to all sorts, you know, my company could go out of business. Like I could, I could be on the street under a bridge, like all this stuff could happen, you know? Uh And if I just kind of play out that whole scenario, that helps me to bounce back quicker. And so I found for me personally, that's a good way to kind of, kind of bounce back is to let myself experience the full spectrum of, of what's happening and then come back. Well, yeah, because then you go through all of the scenarios of this is the worst case scenario and this is what could possibly happen. But if the worst thing you think of is probably not ever going to happen, you know, it's not as bad when you're actually going through it. Yeah, exactly. So true. So true. So uh, you mentioned a book earlier. and, And one of the things that I absolutely love asking people, is there anything that you're currently reading or listening to? Um, that's helping you grow as an entrepreneur or anything that you would recommend to our audience besides the confessions of a public speaker? Yeah, that's a great question. So I usually like to read lots of books. Right now, I'm not reading anything in particular because I'm kind of keeping up on lots of you know, podcasts and articles and things. So as far as what I'm uh, following in the agency world, I really like what David Baker is doing. Uh, David Baker from uh, Recourses, he has a, I don't think it's a weekly email, but it's kind of a regular email um, but he's very tuned into what agencies are experiencing and how to help them kind of overcome a lot of challenges. So I like David Baker's stuff. Um, let's see, his um, his partner in crime, Blair Ends, he's also um, a great agency leader, uh, wrote a book, I think it's called Pricing Creativity. Uh, I read that recently, and that's a really good one as well. So I recommend that one to agency owners um, it's a really insightful book when it comes to delivering and pricing services. Yeah, because that's always a question that we get all the time. How do I know what's a price? Yeah. My, my service. I, I mean, because what do I charge, right? <laughs> yeah, that's always the question. Yeah. There's yeah. so many variables there. So that's a that's a great suggestion. So thank you so much. Yeah. Any podcast that you're listening to? Uh, let's see, Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. I like okay. that one. Uh, we have some agency partners in that crowd. Um, you gurus, we are a sponsor on the You Gurus podcast as well. So Zephyr sponsors both of those. So I've got to yeah. give a shout out to them. Um, I got a shout out to the Inbound Back Office podcast as well. That's one of the companies I co-own with a partner. And Amy, my partner, does a great job hosting that one. So yeah. if you look for Inbound Back Office on whatever podcast directory you listen to, uh, that's a good one too. All right. I love it. I love it. So where- agency owners every week. Oh, yeah. So sounds very, I might have to get her on here so we can, you know, yeah. talk, talk, talk. You guys up. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So uh, where can people find more about you and Zephyr? Yeah. So uh, Zephyr is at ZephyrCMS.com. Uh, it's probably the best way to, to find us. You can reach out and book a meeting with me. When you click that little button that says book a, a consultation or a demo, you'll book it with me. So you can find me there or you can just fill out the contact form. That'll get to me as well. So uh, ZephyrCMS.com. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Michael, for being on the podcast. I've enjoyed getting to know you. You have really insightful stuff for agency owners. So thank you for sharing all that with us. It was a lot of fun. Yes, it was. So guys, we'll see you next Tuesday. You've been listening to the Digital Agency Insiders Podcast. For more tutorials on growing your digital marketing agency, make sure to visit digitalagencyinsiders.com.